Welcome to Upstate's HealthLink on Air. I'm your host, Amber Smith. AIDS and HIV infection remain an epidemic in America, even as the number of people newly diagnosed with HIV is on the decline. More than 1.2 million people in the United States are living with HIV, and experts estimate one in eight of them don't know it. Today, there's a really effective anti-HIV medication available, but people have to recognize their risk in order to seek out this medication. Here to talk about HIV testing and pre-exposure prophylaxis, or PrEP, is Nikki Jennings, an education specialist in the Department of Pediatric Infectious Diseases. Welcome, Nikki. Hi, thank you Thanks for, for being me. here. So um, what do you do in your role as an education specialist at Upstate's Pediatric Infectious Disease Department? I do a lot of outreach. So I'm the connection between the hospital and the community. We know that a lot of people with HIV um, don't know that that they're HIV positive, and we know that there are a lot of people who are at risk for HIV who don't realize they're at risk for HIV. So my job is to go out into the community, you know, to find people where they are and to try and build trust, connect with them, link them to Upstate so that they feel um, that they can come here, whether it's for HIV care but more and more so it's for those people who are at risk for HIV who want to get them in, get them onto this uh, daily pill, uh, we call it PrEP, pre-exposure prophylaxis, so that we can keep them HIV negative. Okay, so really just trying to find the, that mm-hmm. population. Absolutely, and, and that can be challenging, and it means going all over Syracuse. I spend time in some of the homeless shelters, doing a lot of youth, uh, youth groups, after-school groups, work in uh, substance abuse recovery groups to give them education on HIV. So really trying to go where we we might be coming across people who are at risk for HIV. Okay. Well, what's, um, what's your background? How did you get into being education specialist? So I did my master's in health education, oh. and my research project for my master's was looking at who is at risk for HIV now and why. And very soon after I started work on that, it became very clear to me that this was the field I wanted to work in. It seemed amazing to me the statistics of who was getting HIV, you know, how disproportionately affected, particularly black men who have sex with men, are when it comes to HIV. Um, The newest data from the CDC tells us that one in two black men who have sex with men will get HIV in their lifetime. And that's a horrendous figure, you know. One in two. One in two. And... And when we look at the behavior between a Caucasian uh, man who has sex with men and a black MSM, the behaviors are not really any different. So it's not that um, those um, black MSM are doing anything different. They're not more promiscuous. They're not less likely to use a condom, but they are at such high risk for HIV. And that really struck me as incredibly unfair. And so I, I wanted to be a part of trying to turn that around. Interesting. Yeah, there's something else going on. I'm sure mm-hmm. there's all sorts of research trying to figure out. Yeah, and there's so there's so much to it than just HIV risk. You know, it's a whole um, it's a whole lifestyle. Um, the, there are a lot of um, racial disparities that huh. that feed um, that problem. You know, it's it's things like access to healthcare. You know, um, homophobia okay. um, and a, a whole load of other things that that go into um, making that the case. Well, let's go over the basics, um, just about what HIV is, how it's transmitted. It's a virus, but it's not like a cold virus where it's spread through coughing and sneezing. 
But tell us, tell us about Yeah, that. so most people who get HIV will get it from unprotected sex. It used to be that more people would get this through sharing needles. The, mm-hmm. the numbers of people getting HIV from sharing needles now has dropped significantly. There are very effective needle and syringe exchange programs around. We have an excellent okay. one in Syracuse at ACR Health. So the numbers of people getting HIV from sharing needles has dropped significantly, despite the heroin epidemic that is raging here. And you mentioned ACI Health? A- ACI Health. They're on 627 West Genesee Street, and they have the syringe exchange program that's in Syracuse. Okay. That's but AIDS Community Resources? It used to be called used AIDS be? Community Resources. Now it's ACI Health. Okay. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. But most people who get HIV will get it from unprotected sex. So that's okay. that's the biggest risk factor. And uh, so condoms are the... Absolutely. So condoms are, are going to prevent HIV. Um, without a doubt, if you are using condoms all of the time that will prevent HIV. The reality is that we know that people are not using condoms all of the time, you know, and that message, use condoms, has been the message since the 80s, you know, and and had people done that, then I wouldn't have this job now, you know, this epidemic would be on the way out. So while that still remains the message, we have to recognize that that alone is not doing it. And condom use goes so far beyond just protection you know, from STIs. And one of the problems is that it's connected to so many other things. So in relationships, it's about trust. It's about, you know, commitment. Condom use often goes so far beyond the, you know, the obvious protection. Just the practical. Yeah, absolutely. And so that's one of the reasons it's very hard sometimes to persuade people to use condoms because it's not that simple. And sometimes people don't have great um, control over the use of condoms. You know, they might be in a relationship with someone else who doesn't want to. And, and in an ideal world, they would say, no condoms, no sex. But we don't it live in It doesn't always work. Right. It doesn't. Right. Now, um, all ages affected by HIV equally? Or do you no. see this more in younger? No, we are seeing this increasingly in younger, um, in younger people. Um, often people are not diagnosed um, straight away. So they might um, be infected, you know, as a 13 to 24-year-old. That's an age group mm-hmm. where we see... A lot of new infections, but it might take them into their 20s before they, they get tested. Um, so who, who needs to be tested? Everybody needs to be tested. Everybody who's sexually active needs to be tested. So from the, okay. the age that somebody is sexually active, and, and increasingly that age is dropping. Um, right. we, we don't like to think of 13-year-olds as sexually active, but a lot of 13-year-olds are sexually active. So from the point in somebody's life where they become sexually active, we want them to get tested once a year, regardless of what they're doing. One of the problems with HIV testing is there's a stigma attached. And what we want is to encourage people to just get tested routinely, regardless of what you're doing, regardless of you know whether you're straight or gay, regardless of whether you're transgender or cisgender, regardless of how many partners you have. If everybody just gets tested once a year, then we're going to pick up new infections. And is it is it just a, a blood test that yeah. you can get it from any doctor's office? or Absolutely. So you can certainly ask um, at any doctor's office to, for an HIV test. It's a, it's a blood test. You can also go to a number of organizations in Syracuse and ACI Health, again, is one of them, where they'll do rapid HIV testing, which is a finger prick test. Oh. Um, and that's nice, uh, certainly for people who don't want to go and, you know, have blood drawn. And um, it, it's, a, it's an easy and quick way to get an HIV test. So there are, as I say, a number of organizations now doing the rapid rapid testing. There's a lot of different ways to get an HIV test, and it's it's straightforward. 
the problem we have with HIV testing is that we attach so much to it. And HIV is a scary disease. Right. And well, I want to ask you what happens when the test comes back positive. But first, let me re- remind listeners that this is Upstate's Health Link on Air, and we're talking with Nikki Jennings. She's an education specialist in pediatric infectious disease at Upstate Medical University. So w- what happens when the test comes back and shows that you do have HIV infection? So we're always going to do confirmatory testing to make sure that it is a true positive. A second kind of, Absolutely. Okay. We're, going to, we're going to check that that is, that is the case and that, that it wasn't a false positive. And then we're going to make sure that that person is linked to care. And this is another one of the things that I do is, is act as a point person between the organizations and the community that are testing and Upstate. Most people who are HIV positive in Syracuse will come um, to us here at Upstate for their care. So we'll, we'll link somebody um, to us here. We'll, we'll get them an appointment. They'll come in. They'll meet with a social worker who will help them if they haven't got insurance or if they need anything um, that surrounds uh, the, the appointment, the, the medication. You know, it's not just as, as simple as taking um, HIV meds every day. <clears throat> we want to make sure that um, they have, uh, as I say, insurance, housing, you know, that they... Um, if, have employment those are the things that help somebody who's HIV positive um, adhere to their medication stay healthy um, and and they'll they'll have an appointment with one of our providers usually people come in every three months to have blood work done to see how they're doing um, with when someone's HIV positive the, the two main things we want to know um, for their health and and well-being is their CD4 count so the amount of those white blood cells white that blood HIV okay. um, attacks we want that number to be high, and that tells us their immune system is healthy and doing well, and their viral load. That's the amount of HIV virus in the blood. We want that number to be low, ideally undetectable. So we're going to um, see see people every three months. They'll be taking medication, and that's going to keep them healthy. You know, people now with HIV live long and healthy lives. I was going to say, they mm-hmm. live decades. Oh, absolutely. Right? You know, this is the life expectancy of somebody who is HIV positive, as long as they get tested early, they take their medication, and they've not got other, other issues or other um, illnesses, is actually only two years different from somebody who's HIV wow. negative. Okay, great. Well, let's talk about this um, PrEP, the daily mm-hmm. medication that can be incredible. It sounds like incredibly effective if it's taken yes. as prescribed. Um, it, it sounds like a real game changer. Mm-hmm. Who, who's it for? It's for anyone who's at risk for HIV. So it is a game changer. It's if people take it, you know, if the adherence is good and you remember to take it every day, it's over 99% effective at preventing HIV. So it's for anyone who's at risk for HIV. And and that can be a a gray area. That's not a a simple thing to um, decide. And what we try to do is to educate as many people as we can on PrEP. We want everybody to know that this exists. And right now, not everybody is aware that there is a daily pill that prevents HIV. So we have a range of different people taking PrEP to keep them HIV negative. We have, um, you know, people who are, who maybe have a couple of different partners who don't use condoms. Um, People, we have people who are in monogamous relationships that are worried that their partner may um, not be, may not, you know, be, um, with with just them um we have uh, people who have a partner who's hiv positive it's it's ideal in that situation um it's a whole range of different people um you know who are wanting to protect themselves you know in my mind it's a very positive way to protect your health 
Uh, it's a very smart thing to do if you know that there's some risk in your life um, for HIV. Well, if people are promiscuous mm -hmm. and they really don't know, or they, I mean, is that, are they at risk, I guess? Yeah. We, we try to be very open-minded about who, who's a good candidate for PrEP because what promiscuous is to one person is something very different to somebody else. So somebody, one person might consider having two partners to be promiscuous. Another person might consider 20 partners to be right. promiscuous. So we really keep a very open mind um, and we want to give the message that if you're not always using condoms, you should consider PrEP. You know, okay. you should at least... Um, think about it, you know, think about your risk, think about whether this might be a way to keep you HIV ne negative. So if you take PrEP, if you're taking it regularly, mm -hmm. can you forego condom use? That's not what we want people to do. That's not that's okay. not the message we're trying to give. If somebody is using condoms all of the time, that's wonderful. Keep doing that. You know, that condoms are going to prevent HIV and other STIs, sexually transmitted chlamydia, okay. gonorrhea, syphilis. So that's the ideal solution is to use condoms all of the time. So we certainly don't want to move somebody from that place to a place where they're taking PrEP and not using condoms. That's not the idea here. Okay. The idea is that we take somebody who isn't using condoms all of the time and we get them onto PrEP to keep them safe from HIV during that time. And what we're trying to do is encourage them to use condoms more. So okay. for someone who is taking PrEP, we're going to see them every three months. They'll come to us here uh, for an appointment and we will do HIV and STI testing. But we'll also work with them to try and reduce their risk. So we will look at why, why is this not happening? Why are you not using condoms? What can we do? to try and increase your condom use. Okay. And I mean it might it might may not be that condom use or sexual risk is the is the issue. It might be needle use. Um so, you know, that's a case of linking them to treatment if they're ready. Certainly getting them connected with, with syringe and needle exchange. But we're trying to bring people's risk down. Can a person um, who hears this interview go to their private physician and ask for prep or do they need to come to upstate? They could certainly go to their own physician and ask for PrEP. I don't think they necessarily will get very far. Unfortunately, we're still a lot of physicians are not willing to um, prescribe PrEP. I, I think there's, they feel there's a little bit too much that goes okay. with it. We would love more physicians to be providing PrEP. We really would. And certainly any providers who are interested, they can also connect with us and we will help to get them set up. We want more PrEP providers in Syracuse. At the moment, there are two main providers in Syracuse. Um, here at Upstate University Hospital, um, we have our pediatric infectious disease um, department providing PrEP. And we also have immune health services, which is providing PrEP for those uh, people 24 years of age and older. And we also in Syracuse have the STD Center, which is in the basement of the Civic Center. They okay. will provide PrEP as well. So a phone number for people to learn more information mm -hmm. might be 315-464-8668? Absolutely. Or the people can contact me directly, 315-571-0013. And okay. that's a number people can call or text. So if they're interested in, in an appointment for PrEP, you Wonderful. can give me a call or send me a text message and I will set you up with an appointment. Well, thank you, Nikki. I appreciate you being here. This has been Amber Smith speaking about HIV testing and the medication PrEP, pre-exposure prophylaxis, with education specialist Nikki Jennings for Upstate's HealthLink on Air.